Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden, and you're listening to Queer Stories. This week, Kerry Bashford started his queer career as a baby activist organising rallies at the age of 18 in 1982. After several years of apprenticeship in gay, street and independent presses and countless queer arts endeavours, he scored a job at 9MSN as producer of online portal and entertainment, then ended up as a movie critic. He ended his corporate career and became a copywriter, buying an apartment near the beach in Newcastle, where he now lives as a semi-retired journalist, which is a polite way of describing an unemployed writer of a certain age. He performed this story at Naughty Noodle Funhouse on the New South Wales Central Coast. You can listen to two other stories by Kerry Bashford, both beautiful pieces of writing, by searching his name on queerstories.com.au. Thank you. Um, one evening a few years ago, I was at home bored and I started Googling my own name, as you do. Um, I'm not ashamed to admit this. Sometimes I like to know exactly what I'm up to these days. But what I found that night shocked me and led me to perhaps the most surreal moment of my life. I discovered that years earlier, I had become a character in a novel. That a person called Kerry Bashford inhabited a book called Sigilla by a British author called Adam Mars Jones. Now, I'm not narcissistic enough to assume that a character bearing my name must have been based on myself. But it wasn't the name that suggested such a liberty, not my name. It was the name of the author, Adam Mars Jones. You see, the writer had, in fact, been my first flame, my first boyfriend, the first person who paid any attention whatsoever to me. And not only that, but the fictional character he created for me bore several real-life similarities that would be, have been very difficult to deny. Now, to give context, I need to tell you a little bit about the book Sigilla. It follows the life of a man after a childhood of rheumatoid arthritis, who was largely wheelchair-bound, although my character had no such encumbrances, apart from the fact that I entered the story rather late, I must add. As flattering as it is to have a character named after you, I do wonder why it was 600 pages before I turned up. <laughs> But allow me to quote from page 595, a chapter called Adjusting My Bow Tie, where I first make my appearance as a literary figure. Quote, The public bar of the Cambridge Arms had the advantage from my point of view of an outstandingly friendly and cooperative Australian barman, Kerry Bashford. <laughs> and after a while we evolved a routine, I would park outside and Kerry would come out and help me get into the wheelchair. After lifting it out of the boot of the car, he lifted the chair one-handed, swinging it in an almost effortless arc. He was quite unselfconscious about his strength and grace, you know, grace it produced. I liked the fact that he didn't suddenly freeze up with the realisation that he could do such a lot with, with the body that I couldn't. 
Kerry was always insisted on fitting the wheelchair with its footplates. I didn't usually bother asking a person to do this. Say what you like about ankylosed joints, but at least they don't need support. There was something motherly about Kerry's attention to the detail in this. I said he wanted me to be turned out at my best, the equivalent in wheelchair terms of adjusting my bow tie, unquote. Now, I must say, I rather like this characterization. My namesake manages to demonstrate both strength and sensitivity, to be both matey and maternal, and even in the same gesture, and manage to present as both butch and balletic in the same moment. I've, I've achieved any number of these states, but never at the same time. But the reason I like this character is, is because I know this man. There's something authentically Australian about this depiction. It's mateship at its least toxic. He's the too easy man, the no worries guy, the strong shoulder, the helping hand, an image I admire, even if it does only appear in beer commercials. As I said, I know this man, but it just isn't me. I am not the too easy guy. There is no situation that I cannot complicate. The depiction did get one thing correct, though. I was a barman when we first met, working in a tavern in Knightsbridge. Far from being friendly and cooperative, I was, in fact, introverted and incompetent. But I never served the author a drink in a commercial establishment, so how would he know? Mr. Mark Jones continues his fictional appraisal of my character with a description in detail drawn once again from real life. On page 596, he continues... Kerry was a Jehovah's Witness from Newcastle, New South Wales. My first Jehovah's Witness. Though he'd more or less grown out of that strange faith, he had fair skin and a big, broad face, with a scrawny beard more or less holding the whole unstable gestalt together. He told me of a time when he'd gone to an open-air pop concert back home and became so sunburned he went home purple. To finance his European adventure, he worked on a gang repairing railway track, unquote. Now, at this stage, I do have to set the record straight. Whether there are liberties, lies, or the results of lost memory, there are a few details here that I need to challenge. First of all, I have never been a Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> I was brought up a seven-day Adventist, don't you mind? You could at least get my cult of origin correct. But the author is correcting accurate in other ways. I did come from Newcastle, in fact, I came from there tonight. And I did get once so sunburned at a musical festival, I came home purple. In fact, it happened not so far away from here in Narara Festival, not to be confused with Narara suburb, which is somewhere else entirely. And I did raise my trip to London by working on the railway, but just not laying track. I was storming at the Everly workshops, and, but I agree my fictional career sounds a lot more suited to the character and a lot more exciting. I do have to object to the physical description of me. I don't believe I have an unusually broad face. And though my beard can get scruffy, it has never been scrawny. And I can assure you, Montestolt has never been unstable, whatever the fuck that might mean. <laughs> but hold on, it gets worse. Quote, Kerry would always be reading Howard's End out of sight behind the bar. He wasn't exactly spoiling for literary chat. If I asked whether he was enjoying the book, he'd, he'd just say, bloke can write. Sometimes with mutual appreciation, sometimes dogmatically, 
Once he even struck the closed book like with his fist, but the verdict was always the same, bloke can write. He couldn't be coerced in any other details, that's all he had to say. Now it's here that I must object most emphatically. While it's true when I met Mr Jones, or should I say Mr Mars Jones, I was yet undeveloped in the art of conversation, lacking in the discursive abilities and not yet attaining the critical skills you see on display tonight. <laughs> but I could never imagine an asinine a comment coming out of my mouth as bloke can riot. <laughs> what kind of patronising colonial claptrap is that? <laughs> Bloody hell. Despite these abilities, I rather like this appraisal of my person. Elevated to a fictional status, I find myself to be immensely likeable, uncannily sensitive, instinctively helpful, and an all-around nice bloke who's got me saying it. But the question remains, why did the author write me, a real-life person, into his book some 30 years after we had met and share personal details about my life? Surely he wasn't short on ideas or names or Australian stereotypes for that matter. And why did he go as far as using my own name? Was he trying to get my attention? Well, the answer to this may not be in that book, but in another one called Boy Meets Boy, edited by Lawrence Schimmel, which contains a story that I wrote called A Little Past London about the late 80s, only a few years after Adam and I first met. There I detailed the tale of a young Australian lad who had travelled to London only to meet an upper-class and well-educated writer. As you can imagine, this story was based on my late relationship with Adam Mars Jones, a detail I'm only admitting on this stage tonight, but surely one that could not have passed the attention of the author-turned-character. But I have no proof that he ever read that story. Perhaps he was just looking for a barman and his mind wandered back to that summer in 1984 when he crossed paths with a beard and a broad-faced Australian called Kerry Bashford. It made me think that maybe this was an attempt at some kind of literary conversation he was instigating, flattering as he is a far more accomplished writer than I am. So if that is the case, what happened and his story was replied to mine? Well, I guess what you have heard tonight... It's the next instalment in a continuing conversation that has spawned decades and countries. So, Adam, it's your turn now. I eagerly await your reply. But be aware I am much better in the practice of discourse and critique than I was as a shy and insecure young man in 1984. Rest assured, bloke can riot. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out Queer Stories on Patreon, where you can support the project for as little as $1 per month. Follow Queer Stories on Facebook for news and event updates. And follow me, Maeve Marsden, on Twitter and Instagram. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.